Hi friends, and welcome to The Spirit Scoop with Michelle. Michelle is just your typical grounded tourist, Canadian loving girl who loves everything spiritual. Michelle is a spiritual medium, a Reiki master, and an angel reader. Get ready each week to dive into Michelle's own lived experiences, spiritual guidance and tips, awesome guests, and lots and lots of spirits, of course. Together, we'll feel inspired. We may learn something new. We'll learn to trust in spirit. And don't be surprised if you have a lot of OMG moments. So now's your time to grab a cup of tea, get comfortable, and we're about to start. Here's your host, Michelle Lindsay. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Scoop. Today, I'm a little nervous. Um, I must admit, I'm going to share kind of a vulnerable story with you guys. Something that I feel stupid and embarrassed about. What Something that happened in my younger years. I will be sharing a near-death experience that I've had. I was been thinking about near-death experiences as of lately. Back to my episode where I had some people coming on to share their stories about Archangel Michael. And with one of the stories, somebody shared about their near-death experience story. So I felt called to share my story too. And it's funny, as I was thinking of it, I asked my fiance, I was like, hey, I don't think I've ever told you this story of my near-death experience, have I? And he kind of was like, you know, you've had so many near-death experiences, like just from the time of knowing each other um, of like seven years, he's like, there's been so many times where, you know, your life has almost ended. Um, And yes, I agree. (laughs) I put my angels and I put my guides into overdrive, I think, because I, yeah, I definitely have because I'm, I don't live life the on the most safest route. Um, I do like adventure, adrenaline, my spontaneousness also comes into play. Um, so I see what he's saying. <laughs> I could see that. But at the same time, he's still a little bit freaked out about these spirit stories. So I actually didn't end up sharing this story with him, but maybe one day he'll listen back to this podcast. Okay, let's see. Where do I want to start? Just because I want to go in order, I'll start with the first one because I've had two, but I'm just, but the, but they've both been very different. So the first one, I just want to mention briefly, just because we're on the topic, but um, I do want to focus more on the second one which is the main one. Um, but the first one, I hap- it happened when I was about 11, 10 or 11. My sister and I, we were visiting our family in New Jersey. And it was my first time flying alone without any parents. And my sister, just the two of us, we went to the beach one day. And at this point, it was like the end of the day where it's almost like five o'clock and it's not too sunny out. Like the clouds are kind of coming in. There's not that many people. My sister and I, we jumped off the dock and no life jackets. But at this point, like I can swim and 
from a distance, I could see that my aunt was just chatting with somebody and she was kind of bringing things back to the car and just getting ready and just packing stuff up. And she's just chatting with somebody and we see her, but we weren't ready to leave yet. So we went to the end of the dock that can't touch the bottom at this point. And then my sister, she and I, um, we were like, let's see who can go out the furthest. So we tried to go out like far and farther away from the dock, just so we weren't able to touch the ground anymore. I think it might have been my idea, actually, now that I think of it. All of a sudden, like, I just felt my body being pulled down. It was this craziest feeling because it happened so like calmly. It happened out of nowhere. It wasn't like I was like moving my hands like really fast and like panicking. It wasn't like that at all. I just literally just slowly went down and I wasn't able to float myself up. It was the weirdest feeling. Uh, I've been swimming my whole life and I've never felt something. It just felt different. It was interesting because I wasn't panicking. I was like overwhelmed by this like calmness and I can't hold my breath for that long underwater. And I wasn't able to move. I was like stuck underwater and I was just sitting there, standing there and nothing was happening. Nothing, nothing magical was going on, but I did feel calm, but I also felt confused of like, what is, what is happening? Like, this doesn't feel normal. Like it was weird because all of a sudden, like, even though I'm underwater, I could visualize like my aunt running, running. And I don't even know how to to say that I saw her running at me because I didn't, I was underwater, but I could see her chatting with her friend. All of a sudden, she looks over her shoulder. She sees only my sister in the water when she knew both of us was in the water. Intuitively, she didn't even question it. And she started running down this dock and she jumped off this dock and pulled me out of the water. That was it. That was all. I was saved. She pulled me out of the water and we acted like nothing happened. And because I remember my pre-birth planning, this was one of my exit points that I planned before coming into this lifetime. And I can validate that because after the fact, um, just so you guys know, like this, this was one of my exit points, but it was interesting because I don't remember like talking to spirit or talking to like an angel and telling them like that I want to stay here. Like I don't, I'm not ready to exit. And I believe that we have exit points or some of us plan exit points because I remember being nervous coming into earth, nervous of everything that I'm going to be experiencing, the good, mostly just the bad things that could possibly happen. So I remember being really nervous coming into this lifetime. So I re- so we planned two potential exit points a- along the way. And I had those two opportunities to decide if I'm okay here. Like, okay, guys, I got this. I'm good. I'm good for the long run. So I think consciously I made that decision of without like saying, hi, angels, like, so nice to see you. Yes, I decided to stay here this time, right? It wasn't like that. It was more just like, I think my soul was like, I want to come back. I'm trying to float back up. And that was my way of, you know, telling the universe that I'm not ready to leave. So it was really quick. 
but it was definitely planned in my pre-birth planning. Okay, let's go to the big the big one. Um, okay, so let's go back to high school. I want to say it's like grade 10 or 11. There was this big party that was going to be happening close to my house, like literally like three minutes away. It's almost across the street from my place. There was this going to be this like big party out in the field, out in the school, is behind this elementary school. So my a few of us, a few of us girlfriends, we all planned to go and we planned to get alcohol and we ended up getting like if you're Canadian, you know what a, a Mickey is and a two six of alcohol. So we got like a Bacardi lemon two six. And normally, like if we it was just for one person, we would get like a Mickey size, which is a, like a, more for one person. But this time my friend was like, let's just get a bigger one because it's cheaper and we'll just share it. And it ends up being like a Mickey each. So it's not like we're going to be drinking more than we normally would. It's just bigger. It's cheaper to buy it all in one bottle. So we decided, okay, we're going to get the big bottle. So the night of the party, my dad was actually supposed to be going on a work trip. He traveled a lot for work. He traveled on a work trip and his mom, my grandmother, she was staying with us for, I don't know, three weeks or so. She was traveling and visiting us from Ontario. So she was going to be home and my dad was leaving. So it was a Friday night that the party was planned. My friends were all excited to go. I told them like, we can get ready at my house. My dad's not going to be home. And it was all like, seemed like perfect timing, right? You know, when you're that age, you're like, okay, like you're trying to plan for when your parents aren't around so you can go out. So we went out that night. Turns out, so I had the big bottle of alcohol. Turns out my girlfriend who I was supposed to share it with wasn't allowed to come. So she didn't come that night. So I was stuck with this big bottle. And at that age, you don't know how to drink alcohol. You don't know how it's going to affect you. It's all kind of new. So I went out that night with my other girlfriends and they had their other alcohol. So I had this two six of alcohol. I think there was a couple of us that were there first. And I don't know whose idea it was, but we decided to have a a chugging competition. Me, I'm very, very competitive. I grew up playing sports. I'm just a very competitive person. I find that there's a lot of fun in it. So I was down. I was like, yeah, let's have a chugging competition. (laughs) Put the word competition on anything. Like, yeah, I'm in. So I had my Bacardi Lemon. They had whatever they were drinking and we were just chugging to see who could chug the longest. I actually, I blacked out pretty soon after. Like, I don't remember what happened when I finished chugging the alcohol. That's how fast it was. It was like a shock to my body, a shock to my system. I don't even remember if I had any like chaser, um, something to wash it down with. I don't even remember that. But besides the point, my body was not having it. My girlfriends took me home very soon after. And the interesting part about this is that my dad was supposed to be away, quotation marks. 
But after I went out that night, not long after, my grandmother, she fell down the stairs. I didn't know any of this because I was already out. She fell down the stairs. She called my dad. And my dad did not want to go on this trip. I think his his company was on strike or something. Something along the lines of nobody was allowed to take time off. Nobody was allowed to go on vacation. And he had to go on this trip. He was literally walking onto the airplane after going through security, after giving them his ticket. He was just about to walk on this airplane. And his mom calls, my grandmother. She says, I fell down the stairs. She was okay. She didn't break anything, but she wanted to let him know. And he goes, okay, I'm coming home. He turns around, calls his boss, tells the boss that his mom is older. She fell down the stairs and he needs to go home and it's an emergency. So he he went home. Talk about divine timing. I'm getting like full on goosebumps because it's just the timing of everything always works out. And I feel emotional like saying that because I'm so grateful that he came back and he didn't get on that plane. So back to the story where my dad was home and I didn't know he was home. My girlfriends dropped me off at the door, knocked on the door, and then they ran because they didn't want to get into trouble. They didn't want anyone to know um, that we were drinking. My dad opens up the door. My dad's home. I don't remember this, but this is what the story was been told. I come in looking very, very intoxicated, and he sees these girls running away. He takes me in and says, wait here. He goes running after these girls. My dad... You know, if you ever meet my dad, within two two seconds, you're going to know. He's going to tell you that he's a Leo. His personality is very, very like, I don't give an F. Like, who, what the heck? These people cannot drop off my daughter at the side of the door. So he follows my friends all the way to their house because he wants to know where they live. He wants to talk to their parents. He wants to know what the hell happened to me. He goes to their house. He talks to the parents and they basically just told him everything that I drank a lot of alcohol. Da, 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 da. He was worried. He thought I was like on something because I just drank, drank, drank way too much and which was not a normal amount. So anyways, he talked to the girlfriends. He figured out like what actually happened and all of that. He wanted to know where they lived in case, in case of anything. And then he comes home. He just said, okay, you're just really drunk. Go sleep it off. He sends me to my room and I go sleep it off. Later that evening, I don't think long after, my grandmother, she's very intuitive and very psychic. She comes upstairs, opens my bedroom door, and she explains it as, She saw me laying on my bed, on my back, foaming out of my mouth. I had alcohol poisoning. And she starts yelling. She starts screaming. She yells to my dad, like, you need to take her to the the hospital. And my, my grandmother, she knows somebody who has died 
by choking on their own like vomit. So she's seen this happen before. So she's like, you were taking her to the hospital. She's not sleeping this off. At that point, we knew we knew things were really serious. Kind of getting emotional thinking about it, just thinking about like from their perspective and like how scary it really was. So my brother, my older brother and my dad, they both like pick me up and I am like a dead weight at this time. And it wasn't the lightest person. So they are both trying to pick me up down like so many sets of stairs. We have a set of stairs going from the bedroom to the living room and then also from the outside door to the to the driveway. There's more stairs. So they're both trying to carry me dead weight, just totally like passed out. They carry me, they put me in the car, they take me to the hospital. I have no memory of all of this happening. We go to the hospital thinking that we're going to have to pump my stomach. Um, It ended up being that they didn't actually have to pump my stomach because I vomited a lot out to the point where we didn't need to pump the stomach. At this time, when I was passed out in the hospital bed, I'm hooked up to a bunch of IVs or don't know what, what was in the IVs or anything, but I'm hooked up to a lot of IVs. At this point, my dad is in the waiting room. I feel like out of my body, like I feel like I know my dad's in the waiting room because I could see him in the waiting room somehow. It's like psychically somehow. And you know what? As I was sitting in the in the hospital bed, it, it really felt like I was I was there, but my eyes were closed. I didn't know what they were doing around me, but I really felt like I was there present. I felt like spirit was showing me like TV with like cartoon characters, like, you know, Saturday mornings when you wake up and you watch the cartoons. I felt like I didn't see, I was just seeing like a bunch of bunnies and I was just seeing like almost like cartoon characters in front of me. I really felt like I was just watching cartoons. Looking back, I'm like, okay, what was the purpose of that? <laughs> I don't know. But I guess it was distracting um, from me of what was actually going on in the hospital, right? It's interesting. So this next part, this next part, it, this memory didn't come to me until, okay, so this happened, Must have this must have happened when I was around 16 years old. This memory didn't come back to me until like 29. And I wonder like, of why that I didn't remember it right away afterwards, right? But I think there's always a reason of the timing of things that you remember and what you're not supposed to know at that time. And that time I wasn't ready to dive into my spirituality. So, and there's a lot of signs and things that I know now, like the things, the timeline wasn't, I wasn't ready for it at that age. So I I understand that I didn't get the this memory until later, but I almost wish I did have it a little bit earlier. But that wasn't part of the plan. So keep that in mind. Yeah, this came up a long time after. So after the cartoons, after seeing the cartoons, I remember having a conversation. I didn't see anybody. I only could hear them. And it was almost like now that I know how a little bit of how this works, it was definitely some type of ascended like guide, ascended master I think it's somebody who's in charge of the pre-birth planning and like what we want in this lifetime. So now that I'm, I know about my pre-birth planning, this was my second exit point. And I remember having conversations 
about planning exit points. And if things got too hard or if I didn't want to be here anymore, I was allowed to say, I want to go back. I want to go back to the heaven. Now knowing that this is my, this was my second exit point, it really makes sense. So the conversation that I remember having at the hospital was I was given the choice. Like, do you want to come back or do you want to stay? And it was just that that easy. It was a very black and white, like whatever you want. Are we come, are you leaving? Are you staying? It, all the power was in my choice. And I really thought about it. And um, I wasn't scared to go home to the heavens. I wasn't scared to die. I was just, it was comfortable. But I also felt like I had an attachment to my family that was here. And like leaving them would definitely mess things up for everybody that was involved my sisters and my brothers and my dad and my grandparents. I just, I render, I understand by me, me making a decision to leave it. There's a lot that I will leave behind and a lot of sadness. So for me, I was just sitting with that thought and that choice. And uh, well, I asked them, I, I asked them, well, what will it look like for everybody else if I leave? And what they showed me was They showed me everybody at a distance. So I saw my brother. They showed me my brother to my far left. They showed me my sister straight ahead of me, but like very far at a distance. And then they showed me my dad to my, to my, to my right with his woman, his wife that he, he got remarried. And it it almost, they showed it to me as like a triangle. And I felt like my sister had some little ones, some nieces in the future. And I also felt like my brother did too. But the way that spirit showed me it, everybody was far. Everybody was at a distance. And when I when I asked, like, how would things be different if I left? How would it affect everybody? And just showing that everybody was, was not close. Everybody was spread out. And I felt like for, for me being gone, not that, not that I'm the glue of the family or anything, but I felt that there was a purpose if I stayed that everybody wouldn't be so far at a distance. Like that me, my energy here does help like bring the family closer. And I do feel like I'm somebody that always reaches out to everybody individually. And I'm really like, oh, you guys never call me. I'll call you. It's like, I'm always thinking about other people, not saying that they don't think about me, but I'm definitely one person to always like extend my hands outwards and call you out of the blue and just be like, hey, we haven't talked in so long. So so first I saw that and I go, oh, that didn't sit well with me that everybody would be so at a distance. So I felt like my death would really tear the family apart emotionally. And of course it would, but it just felt like it didn't sit well with me. And then I tuned into my dad's energy, my right side. And just like, I I felt like I could see him, I could see him standing there. And um, as I was making this decision, and to be honest, like, one of the main reasons why I decided to stay here was that I, I could not put my dad through losing 
through losing his daughter after he lost his wife, his high school sweetheart, the love of his life. I could not imagine him losing the most important person in his life and then also losing his daughter. And I was like, I cannot do that. I can't, I cannot do that to him. Like that is way too much to bring and hold for the rest of his life. Like that's going to be, for me, making this decision is really going to change everything. Um, so I decided to stay. I said, okay, I understand that I'm I'm going to stay. And I I really had the decision, yes or no. And I had complete control over it too. But the way that they showed me things, I I seen it like psychically, and they showed me visuals of like of everybody. So I could see into the future if that was a possibility. Something I remember from my pre-birth planning is that I only planned two exit points. During the communication and the planning, I I said, okay, is there going to be a third exit point? And they told me, no, you only need two exit points. And if you decide to stay after your second one, you know you're good. You know that you're good. You know that you're happy and that you know that like your your soul is fine. It's going to be fine. You don't need another. You don't need a third. You don't need a fourth. You don't need a fifth exit point. They told me, like, after the second one, that's all you get, and that's all you're going to need. And then you're going to know that, like, this is somewhere that you want to stay. I wasn't able to put any faces on on the person that I was in communication with. It was just, like, a voice coming down, but it definitely felt like it was above me. I, I did mention, actually, like, years and years and years later that I, I, I did mention this story to my dad and... I don't know if he believes it. It's like, you know how when you tell stories to people, you're like, you'll tell it to them. And you're like, you're like, I don't know if they believe it. But I think I felt like something in his soul really resonated with it. But yeah, after that, I was no more, no more near death experiences. Well, well, like Peter says, every day is like a near death experience for me, but <laughs> no profound death experiences. Like, actual exit points um but yeah I definitely this could be for another podcast but I definitely have a lot of stories where my angels have saved my butt um and I was like I don't know how I lived through that I don't know but I also believe that it's not my right it's not the right timing or angels jump in when they need to it's pretty amazing when you find yourself in those situations where you're like I don't know how I'm alive still and just things work out it's so amazing to for those moments of like what the heck just happened and you know that it's it's something else that helped you it's you know there's no chance that you could still like you could have survived that or could have came out of that the way that you did i find that if you can't find the answers of something so unbelievable it's most likely it's something that you know it can't be explained if you made it this far I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys invested in these stories that I want to bring to the podcast. And I know that I have a solid crew of listeners, a solid group of you guys who listen every time I put out a podcast episode. And I really appreciate your guys' support and your love. And I can really feel it. And I'm so grateful. 
I appreciate all of your guys' kind words. And I love it when hearing when you guys reach out and just saying that you listened to this episode this week and saying that you loved it or saying that it resonated. And I love just hearing that. Um, and I don't know why I feel surprised still when people are like, oh, hey, I listened to your episode. And I'm like, oh, really? Oh, that's awesome. Like, that's so cool. I don't know why. <laughs> it doesn't feel like normal yet. It's nice to know you guys are listening and I really enjoy putting out these episodes. And if you guys have any ideas of things that you want me to talk about in the future, topics you want me to dive into or any questions, I think I'll do like a Q&A one week with any questions that you guys have. I'm enjoying like sharing my voice and just working on that throat chakra healing. If you guys know what that is, you hear me. Through every episode, I feel like, yeah, my throat chakra is getting more cleared and exercising it more and does feel like good to get these words and these emotions and these memories out there for you guys. And I'll just put this out there. If somebody else has a near-death experience story that they feel called to really share and come on my podcast, I'm definitely open to that. I would love to hear your guys' stories too. Okay, have a wonderful week. Guys in the next episode.